0: With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the pod station.
1: Welcome everyone to the latest episode of the GoFish Marketing Podcast where each week we cover a topic, uh, deep delve and hopefully give you some pointers, some tips that you can use to make the most of your marketing budget. Uh, My name is Mark Pollard, my business is Funky Vibes Marketing, I am joined as always with the exception of one recording which will remain nameless uh, by my fellow co-hosts, I have the wonderful Chris Roxburgh from My Marketing Guy, how are we doing Chris?
2: morning everybody yes good thank you uh very good looking forward to this one it's a subject close to my heart uh
1: and uh, our fellow co-host elaine who probably thankfully is a bit more au fait with the whole podcast concept because of course chris has uh, said good morning which concerns me for two reasons the first one being that of course it isn't the morning that we're recording this, and the second is that people can listen to podcasts whenever they want, which kind of renders the whole day, morning, evening point, well, irrelevant really. But before he has an opportunity to come back and defend himself, uh, it's our other co-host, Elaine Atherton from To Sum It Up. Hi, Elaine.
3: Hello, good to be here. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking to our guest today as well, which I won't say who it is.
1: Now, uh, slowly we're getting there, aren't we, for the benefit of our guest who I shall unveil in a moment it's taken me probably about 15 episodes to get both Chris and Elaine into the habit of not spoiling the intro before I actually make the <laughs> intro for our guests uh, so it, we're nearly there, we're not quite there because of, of course they've already unveiled the fact that we have a guest, which is in itself a spoiler, yes, and Chris is shaking his head saying it was Elaine um, we're not here to point fingers Chris, we're all to blame um, so without further further ado um i forgot his surname before and i was going to edit it out but actually my full power should be included and as he quite rightly pointed out and to be perfectly honest we should all live by this code he's going to go by the brazilian name leon uh, which i'm sure he would have had on the back of all his football shirts so uh, a warm welcome to you leon how are you doing mate yeah i'm good thanks very much for having me um which team do you support by the way liverpool oh never mind that's uh that's killed that conversation quickly uh, it hasn't oh it has it has I, I appreciate that there's a, a Liverpool side of my Zoom screen at the minute but there's definitely an Evertonian League United other 50% of this this room so we won't this isn't a football podcast we're not going to get drawn into those kind of uh, arguments just yet uh, so Leon um, do you want to tell us a bit about what you do for a living what your expertise is so um, people can very quickly get an idea of what it is we're going to be talking about about
4: today cool so what I do for a living and what my expertise on are, are probably two very different things um, my main business is mobile phones, so I've been in the mobile telecoms industry for the last 21 years and we help businesses to communicate better by using mobile technology to enhance the beautiful business they already have fab and the other business uh, so my my passion is sales I've been in sales for I started sale, selling cigarettes to school kids When I was 12, that was my first job in sales, and I've been in it ever since. Um, And my passion is helping salespeople to sell more. So the best times I've ever had in my business life and my adult life have been when I've been working with someone on their sales and they're selling, and we've had a conversation and have done a a review of their performance, and they've said, I just want to say thanks. I've had a great six months. I've managed to hit my target. I've got enough money together to buy some new shoes. And, uh, of course, Elaine is
1: sitting there uh, restlessly fidgeting with excitement because, of course, this is a topic that's close to her own heart. But it wasn't, in fact, you, Elaine, who invited Leon along. It was you, Chris. Do you want to give people an idea of why it was, in fact? Because this will probably be the, the starter of the conversation, really.
2: Yeah, of course. I've uh, I've known Leon for a, a few, few years now, and I've watched him um, or his, his... – business journey from I think when I first met you Leon it was it was phones and and you told me about how you got your various jobs and so on and so forth and uh, fascinating story but then you moved into uh, into training uh, from from what I can see with the, the sales dojo and so on and so forth what sparked this um, this particular thought in my mind that uh, you would be a great guest is when I saw on LinkedIn a little while ago, it's a few weeks ago now, uh, someone re- referred to, referred to, they didn't like salesy approaches uh, on LinkedIn. And you, you actually picked them up about the word salesy. Um, <clears throat> quite rightly, it's, it's either the way it was used or um, the context in it, was the, in the way in which it was used. Leon salesy what's uh, tell us about salesy what's wrong with it what's right with it where do you stand sell it my, to it, him
4: sell it to him uh, Leon my, my issue with the my issue with the word salesy is that it's used as a description of the industry instead of being used as a really as a description of what happened so instead of saying something was salesy they should have said it was a crap sales approach yeah so yeah. it's like saying something was legal if a solicitor got you got it wrong oh it's just dead legal no that, that, that's not how it works salesy doesn't mean everything in sales is crap a crap sales approach is what happens sales is something that we should all be more you should all be more salesy
1: and do you give people any sort of guidance on uh styles of sales or how they should try and sell themselves their product their business or is it more a case of finding a style that fits with the person and their characteristics
4: so do i give some guidance yeah i have done i've probably managed and hired and fired about two thousand sales staff in the last 20 odd years in my um time in mobile phones so i've definitely done that but the honest advice is that there are hundreds of thousands of ways skinning that cat and you should try lots of them and develop your own style because there is no one-size-fits-all. Sadly, in this day and age, everyone's looking for that blue pill that takes 20 stone off you or that, that silver <sighs> bullet that's going to fix everything. It doesn't exist.
1: Feel free to jump in, you two.
3: Yeah, well, Leo, no, I second that. What Leon's just said, and that is the thing, isn't it? There isn't one-size-fits-all at all, and you can watch someone who's trying to mirror someone else's style and it's just so painful and, you, and, you know, I've I worked with many, many people and um, trained many people. And when they found their own way, it was like a real light bulb moment of, oh, I've got my words. Even when you people work from a script, which, you know, is debatable whether we like that or we don't, but it, they should make the script their own. If they've got this format they've got to follow they make it their own so it feels comfortable and they're using some of their own language and their own words rather than words that they wouldn't use at all so yeah 100 percent agree with that 100 um is there a? sorry chris sorry, go on.
2: sorry. We, we are we are all different um i'm not the outgoing sales typical sort of sales person i don't fit that outgoing uh mold but but I, I have sold very successfully over over a long period of time by sitting in front of, of people being personable I hope and talking about what I know about um, and I think that's that that is that's the approach that works for me it's not the uh, it's not the um, having been to Sales school, uh, or uh, or having doing a classic, uh, a classic, uh, move moving people to the to the close. Uh, it's just talking about what I know what I know about, and then at the end of the the session, just saying, well, you know, where do we go from here? Is uh, is is there anything you've heard that's um, that that's that'll put you off? placing the business with me that sort of approach that sort of approach mm-hmm. but it's not everybody's sort of approach leon did you uh, where did you learn your
4: sales technique uh so lots of good sales trainers lots of bad sales trainers lots of good sales people lots of horrendous sales people, lots of videos lots of books lots of self-help books lots of <clears throat> A lot of people who are listening probably won't understand, but there used to be things called tapes. I know you to, used to listen to tapes in my car um, and CDs as well. Lots of CDs and stuff like that. But I mean, and I, I do it every single day. I, I spend at least half an hour, 45 minutes of every single day listening to someone or watching someone or reading someone talking about sales and trying to improve what I'm doing. I treat sales as a profession. So I'm mm. constantly, constantly training it. It's like, the example i always give is neymar neymar was sold for 190 million pounds on thursday and on friday he was in training he didn't decide that because he'd been sold for 190 million yeah. pounds he didn't need to do any training anymore he was in training and he's been training every day since then and mm-hmm. if you are in sales then you should treat it as a profession
1: now um uh, just before i move quickly on um did you ever listen to your uh your training your sales training information on mini discs? Did did that fall in with your CD and your cassette, uh, Evolution?
4: We, we didn't have a lot of money around our ways then, days, Smart, so we couldn't afford mini-discs. <laughs> you mentioned there
1: about anyone who's in sales. Is everyone in sales? Is that a yes. misconception?
4: Everybody is in sales. You want a new house, you're in sales. You want a new job, you're in sales. You want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're in sales. If you want an ice cream off your mum, you're in sales. Anything you want, you're in sales.
1: And is there a particular sales technique that particularly irks you? Because of course, everyone has a different approach. Everyone has a different tact. Is there, yeah. is there one that you don't like? One
4: you yeah. think doesn't work as well? The one that I don't like is the crap one. Fine crap. <laughs> the <a definition> of <laughs> so, that, yeah. <laughs> so this, I love that we've got marketing and sales people on this conversation, having this conversation, because I always have discussions around the, the disconnect between marketing and sales and mm-hmm. the, where one stops and where one starts. So marketing is about telling people what you do and sales is about asking them if they want it from you. That's Mm -hmm. the key difference between them two things. So the problem that I always have is when a salesperson starts marketing. So they, they send you that message on LinkedIn, which says, here's all the things that I do. Here's all the people I've done it for. Here's all the reasons why you should work with me. And they haven't said to you, what do you do? What are you like? What problems are you facing? A salesperson should be a problem solver.
3: Yeah. And which
1: comes first? Because this is an ongoing debate between both Elaine and Chris, which <laughs> I like to periodically stir up. Um, what comes first? Is it is marketing part of the sales process? Is, is sales part, the part of the marketing process? And and if you want to particularly wade into the debate, which one do you think is more important?
4: Oof. Okay, cool. <laughs> so which one do you come, think comes first, Mark, the chicken or the egg?
1: Oh I am staying well out of this conversation. You you if you want to start a fight, Elaine, Elaine and Chris are here to beat each other up. I'm just here to uh compare.
2: Make sure it happens.
1: Yeah. yeah.
4: So I think anyone who's done sales for a long time will say that marketing forms part of sales and anyone that's done marketing for a long time will say that sales is the result of good marketing. I think they sim I think it's like salt and pepper. It's like salt and vinegar. It's like tea and biscuits on their own, they're all ice, but when you have them together, they're magic. Great answer. Good answer.
1: <laughs> Where were you in episode two when these two nearly started punching each other?
3: <laughs> well, I have to say, Leon, just to put this into perspective, I don't know who it was. I think, I think it may have been Chris or... Saying, "Oh, of course, sales and marketing are one of the same thing." I was like, "No, no,
2: no
3: no. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's not right. No, they work together, but they're not. They're not the same by any stretch." So, so that was an interesting episode. What can yeah, of- talk about?
4: Sorry, no, go on, Liam. We talked about LinkedIn posts. I put a LinkedIn post on the other day myself. So, uh, and it was about people asking marketeers to do sales and people asking salespeople to do marketing. Uh, yeah. And while still fudge it and get away with it, it's just not going to work because it's very different skill sets. Mm. And I affirm this this came about because um, there was a government agency which was offering helper businesses. And I looked at the help they were offering them. What wasn't on there was sales. And I'm this big mad sales evangelist. And I was like, where's the sales? So I contacted them and said, who's doing the sales? And they said, the marketing guy. I said, okay, brilliant. Good luck with that then. You wonder why businesses aren't failing. (laughs) And that's no offense to marketing guys, but they're going to be okay at it. They're just not going to be really good at it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Go along with that.
0: 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 actions is brought to you by 2 Summit up. expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts, provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office, or whilst out and about. For more information, visit uk forward slash 10 dash actions.
1: What kind of tips would you, or what t- kind of tips do you give people to help them improve on their sales technique or indeed find their sales technique? Because everyone's different. I, I I, mean, my sales technique is probably significantly different to other people's. I, I don't feel comfortable going in hard and pushing hard or or so I'm, I'm what i perceive as a sales technique which isn't necessarily one because i'm more marketing than sales um is perhaps a, a little more softly softly so what kind of things do you try and recommend people do to improve
4: so the first thing is that you know you make your own look so if you make five calls a day you'll get the result from them five calls if you make 25 calls a day your chances of getting lucky and getting the numbers going to improve so the first thing is if you're going to be in sales it's about working hard again we're talking about linkedin loads but i was chatting to someone yesterday about passive income i want some passive income and it's like passive income doesn't exist passive suggests that you don't do any work there's nothing on the planet that happens if you don't it's the law of uh forcing all that kind of stuff. So the first thing is it's about work. So if you're not prepared to put the work and the effort in, sales won't work for you. You've got to do the groundwork. You need to be prospecting right now for customers you're going to get in two, three years' time. And if you're not, that's why you're not getting customers in two or three years' time.
2: Yeah, That's a sobering thought, isn't it? Especially in the current current, uh, climate. I knew when we'd had a good patch... This is going back to another life because um, we'd, so, we'd suddenly go quiet. We'd have been mad busy, no time for sales, too busy doing, and then suddenly the sales dry up. So, I mean, what Leon's saying is absolutely right. You, you have to keep – if you're in sales, you have to keep the pressure on. If you're in marketing, you have to keep the pressure on uh, for, to, to generate those sales. The, the problem is, in times of COVID that we're in now, what's the first thing, what's the first casualty? It's sales and marketing, isn't it? They, they cut the marketing department, they cut the advertising, the sales uh, the sales dries up, and they wonder why.
3: Well, a lot the time they cut the training, and, cut, and the training yes. then results in the salespeople not being trained properly, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And they're left high and dry. So, yeah, it's a vicious circle. Uh, we we were talking about sales and and marketing, but anyone who owns a business has got to tick all those boxes <laughs> and if, if they can't tick them the sales and the market themselves, that's when they need to get help, don't they in, in that area because at the end of the day a business is not going to survive without either of those things. is it so just, just the label of a, sa- a salesperson you know is, is not enough, is it because as I think i quite rightly said, we, we've got a business, we're all in sales, so we've got to find our way whatever that is and and there's so many people out there that can help people so it is finding the people that are right for you that are going to help you because if by doing nothing nothing is going to change is it really
1: i think you you preempted my next question there elaine actually which was no it's it it, that's a good thing but we're clearly on the same wavelength here which is of course if you're a business owner or self-employed you are perhaps push more to the fore in having to do sales than might normally be your comfort zone and that can be sometimes the straw that breaks the camel's back because if you're not a particularly confident or an outgoing person picking up the phone to ring five people might not necessarily come all that naturally because you're not confident enough or comfortable enough to do it so i guess my question this is kind of thrown up to anyone who wants to have a go at it really how do you overcome that mental block how do you build that confidence how do you move yourself out of the comfort zone that you might be sort of keep restraining yourself within
4: yeah so um i think it's tony robbins who says that the difference between confident and not confident is about an inch and the, the thinking behind that is that, that I mean, this is not really very good for a podcast because I'm going to do something visual. But my shoulders being slumped on my chin and my chest is not confidence. And my shoulders back and my chin up is confidence. And genuinely, I feel that like confidence through, through my body because that's how I feel. Me and Chris Dawson always talk about when we're doing telemarketing and takeovers and stuff. Do your Superman pose stand, and it's a genuine, it's a confirmed thing that happens. Stand where you, with your hands on your shoulder, on your on your hips, with your chest out as though your cape is flapping in the wind, and if you do that for thirty seconds, you will get confidence rushing through your body because it's a decision that you make. Are you good and great at doing it? No, you're not. But do you want to do it enough? And then the other one is the motivation, isn't it? if you say i can't do that if i said to you if you get me a meeting today on the phone i'll give you a million pounds i bet you get me a meeting
1: yeah mm. what 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 sort yeah. of things do you recommend to people elaine when you're trying to give them assistance and coaching
3: I'll, because mainly my clients are small business owners so they you know they've come into the world of or well, I started this business because I was really passionate about what I uh, you know did it could be a hobby they've turned into a business it could be many things like that so so the furthest thing unfortunately from from their mind when they start that business is uh, i've got to sell and I've, I've got to have you know some ways of overcoming these things and it's you know as, as Leon rightly said you know some of it does sit with confidence but actually some of it sits with lack of understanding of having some processes behind it is you know this ad hoc is not your friend when you're in sales at all or when you're running a business it's you know what processes have you got that you say you, you say every day i'm going to do you know five calls i'm going to do five emails i'm going to connect with five people or you know what is it that is going to move your business forward and you don't have to be amazing at it to start the only way you're going to get better is by doing it um so what you know the, the point is is have a have a strategy and some processes and don't worry about it because we can all get a bit overwhelmed by the um you know strategies processes actions uh what's, what does all of that look like well actually if you sat with a blank piece of paper and and i said to you well if you were to do 10 things this week that will move your business forward that is good that and by moving it forward i mean are going to get you more clients or you know what is it you're aiming for what would they be and that let's break that down into, you know, the top three. What what is that going to look like and what are you going to do and how are you going to do it? Then it's a case of, well, actually if if you can't do that on number one, what you know, how are we going to get over that? Because if you're saying that's the, one of the most important things that you need to do, then we've got to get, you know, we've got to find a solution to that because otherwise it's you know, it's just not going to happen. Because we're all good at saying, yeah, I'll do this and I'll do that. And when you, you know, if you particularly if you're running your own business, who are you accountable to? <laughs> Yeah, probably nobody um, so you can say I, I'm going to do that I'm going to do it which is why accountability buddies are great for people who run their own business and so there's definitely an element of sometimes it's not confidence but, um, it's actually it, it, the enthusiasm and, and the confidence is there but it's actually that ad hoc uh, that sometimes just doesn't make it happen really so yeah all very interesting which is why every single person is different aren't they really
1: uh, we always sound like a broken record, Chris, but we do bang on about the fact that having a plan often helps, and certainly with your lead generation um, approach on LinkedIn, that that sort of falls within that sales process that, that we've been talking about here, but there's kind of a structure to it, so when you start a conversation with someone through the processes that you implement, you, you kind of know what's going to be said and how it's going to be said. And so when you actually engage in a more natural conversation, it's actually been instigated through something that's not come unexpectedly. And therefore Mm -hmm. if it does fall, if the idea of being a salesperson falls out of your comfort zone, it kind of removes that unknown entity that probably makes you feel a bit more nervous.
2: Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. I don't like cold calling. I couldn't do what Leon mentioned before—sit um, <clears throat> at sit at the phone with uh, with a positive attitude and make ten calls uh, and get knocked back ten times. Maybe I wouldn't. I wouldn't start with the right attitude, and attitude is everything. So I like to I like to talk to people when they know of me or or know me or i've contacted them via another means i think there's quite a lot of people like me i know i know leon is educating them to not be like me and i think i think you've had a lot of success with uh, with that haven't you leon giving people confidence on cold calling or
4: um, picking the phone up yeah so just to clarify if you cold call in 2020 you're an idiot You are an idiot because it's impossible to make a cold call in 2020 when you've got all of the available opportunities to connect with people before you make that telephone call. So if you do, you're nuts. Calling them is a really good way of speaking into it. I was interested, Chris, because you said you can't do it. I bet you can because if the way to reframe it, whether or not you can't, is think about about the best client you work with. Think about them for me for a second. Yeah, yeah. What is it about the work that you've done with Peter that you really, really, really liked?
2: People by people, he bought me. So, you know, um, we we got on well, we produced good results. It was a comfortable relationship. And what about it? So what? Uh, it made engagement easier. It was a two way thing. How did you feel about it? <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah. Why,
4: what made you feel good about it? What did you help him do? I helped him get his goals. Okay, cool. Do you know how many other Peters are waiting at the end of the phone for you to call them and tell them you've got an opportunity to help them hit their goals and make a difference in their family's lives?
2: Yeah, no, it's a very good point, Leo. And
4: now you want to call them. And it's just about reframing it like that. that that's yeah, the only yeah. way to do it. But yeah, no, it's it ain't, definitely ain't cold call. If you cold call in this day and age, you're absolutely, you're, a, you're a psycho.
1: I was going to say, um, I, I absolutely love your confidence and your vigour for life one of the probably the main reasons why chris doesn't like approaching people more directly and i have to say i fall into that same category is probably a fear of rejection you don't want to hear the word it's no exactly which, which, which yeah. is which is bizarre um but do you ever find yourself in a situation where you you hear something and it knocks your confidence or or it makes you le- more reluctant to Try again or to move as quickly on to the next One, opportunity.
4: 100% every single hour of every single day that happens. Yeah.
1: And how do you get
4: over we're, that then? We are just cavemen with iPhones. Yeah, we're just cavemen with iPhones. So the reason why we all feel like that is if you got through out of the group, you were on your own and not in the group, you were getting f by a saber toothed tiger. And on that basis, you want to be in the group and you don't want to be rejected. And you can't f- stop that feeling that you have. But Again, it's got to be reframed. So yeah, the, my, I, the other side of it as well as I know if I get 23 or 24 people tell me to get lost and go and die. The next one is Julie. And Julie's my best client. And Julie, whenever I go and see her, is always lovely. Show me pictures of her family. Shows me pictures of the kids and the granddaughter. She always invites me in for a brew. She always gives me some really nice biscuits. She always asks me if I want some lunch. And we make about £30,000 a year off her. Wow, and Julie is the reason why all of them knows are worth it.
1: Got you. And mm. and is that is that your main touch point then? If you need to ground yourself, get your your mind back on on track again, you just remind yourself of of that sort of Julie. Is that is that the way you you deal with it, and then you can move on again?
4: Yeah, but equally, like any human being, there are days when I go through forty six of these calls because I didn't find the Julie and I feel like I want to go and get drunk, very drunk, very quickly, and do something I regret. And that happens, but tomorrow's another day. Yeah,
1: brilliant. What's your technique, Elaine?
3: Oh, gosh, what's my technique? Well, I'm going to say loosely, I don't do probably the same stuff as Leon does anyway, so I'm probably not as exposed to that rejection, if you like, so by the nature of what I do. And even in you know previous careers, I've not... not or previous job, should I say, I've not done that. For me, yeah, I I did have something last week, actually, that, um, that made me laugh. I just, I don't know whether I'm just getting older and wiser. Perhaps years ago, that probably would have completely thrown me and um, out of picked up my bag and gone out shopping or something, (laughs) bought a pair of shoes. But now I just, um, yeah, I just let some things go over my head really and think, oh, you know, as Leon said, tomorrow's another day and let things impact me less. I'm not, I've never really let the whole, the fear of failure thing get to me massively, I suppose, um, because what is failure really? You know, life's a bit of a learning curve, isn't it? I've tried it that way, it didn't work. Um, Try it another way. Um, so I, I don't tend to hit the floor on that. But then, as I said, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not doing it to the extent that Leon does. And I, I would totally appreciate that, yeah, there the will be those moments where you think, <laughs> I'm lying on the floor now, got to, got to get up. And perhaps that's, you know, reflecting me as a person, perhaps I have, didn't do that sort of stuff because it wouldn't have been right for me. Maybe that was my, my filter myself that I thought, oh, would I be comfortable? No, probably not. I don't know.
0: The brain processes nearly 10,000 visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites, and social media packages. For more information or a no commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk.
1: I tend to go through phase I don't know what you're like, Chris. I tend to have days where I'm in the right frame of mind oh, to do absolutely. what to do yeah. what Leon has said. And so I tend to batch things together to suit the frame of mind that I'm in. So if one morning I wake up feeling particularly um miffed then that's that's my accounts day. That's that's chasing up the invoices. <laughs> I'm taking out my frustrations of that Monday morning on uh, asking people to pay. Whereas on the Tuesday, I might be feeling a bit more relaxed about yeah, it all, yeah. so I might do something different. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know what you're like. Do you have any coping mechanisms particularly?
2: I I had a great day yesterday. Um, first first call I made following something up. Um, it. Turned into turned into business, and so did the second and third. Oof, and I wow. thought, I thought this is outside my experience. Just recently,
3: <laughs> so <laughs> many
2: jewelies who knew. Uh, yes, I've I, I, I spoken. <laughs> Your little Julie's. floozy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on days like that, you stay on the phone, or I do. You, 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 you stay contacting people. You dredge up the old inquiries that uh, that had gone cold. Um, chase them, chase them up and so on and so forth, because ride your luck. When you've got a day like that, ride it. Yeah. But good days and bad days like that. When if you if you start off with the negative, they all go south. Or start off with a the positive, they all go north.
3: So, um, every time I meet you, Leon, and it's not near anywhere near being enough as it should be, is you do inspire me totally. You just you've got this amazing attitude.
4: That's very nice of you to say thanks very much. It's all John Haynes' fault.
1: <laughs> did you get any training or any practicing? Sorry, did you get any training, Leon, to to help build up your skill sets? Or is this something you've had to teach yourself, develop, adapt over the course of time, experience, and sort of self-learning?
4: Both. So I've I've done, you know, if there's a course on, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm an avid learner. I'm, a, I'm, mm. I'm always looking for more information. I'm really, really hungry. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely of the opinion that most of the professional, like Tiger Woods knows he's not the greatest golfer. He's just trying to be the greatest golfer. And every day he's just trying to get a little bit better. And that's the way I always think about it. Every day I'm trying to get a little bit better. So, you know, the sales dojo is great for me because it's exposing me to loads of really good sales trainers and coaches. So half of my week, I spend speaking to the best sales trainers on the planet and find out how to sell more. And the other half of the week, I try and put that stuff into action and sell more. And
1: you mentioned the sales dojo there. Do you want to just explain what it is that you do or people do at the sales dojo?
4: So I'll do the short version because I know we've only got four hours left of this podcast. Um, (laughs) So I've been in sales for 20 odd years and it's a lonely, lonely place. And I'm talking about not necessarily a sales role, just any bit of sales. So, if you're in a sales position and you're working for yourself, it's a lonely place because you've got no one to help. If you're in a sales role, like a business development manager, account manager, your support network is tiny. You've got your boss who just wants to know when you're going to target, talks to you about nothing else but hitting your target. And if you do luckily hit target one month, the first day of the following month, if you get you've ever hit target and start asking you about your pipeline and when you're going to hit your target this month, Often, sales managers, in my experience and experience of lots of other people, are the best salesperson given the job of sales manager. So they're actually crap at managing people and really good at sales. And this is what we said before about the whole market and sales thing. Management and sales are two totally different roles. If you get the Mm -hmm. best person doing it to do the managing job, they're not going to be able to manage people effectively. And then the other people in your support network as a salesperson are the other salesperson, other salespeople. And they don't care if you never hit target again because all they're interested in is hitting their own sales target. So the sales dojo is a place for salespeople, business development managers, account owners, uh, entrepreneurs, people in business to get together and just get a little bit better at selling because there is no magic silver bullet. And there'll be people, there's, I see people all the time on LinkedIn and on Facebook and on Instagram saying, buy my course and you can turn all of your leads into customers well guess what marketing means that all of my leads aren't the kind of customers I want to work with and that's my job as a salesperson to find out who it is I want to work with so I don't want all of that stuff so there is no magic bullet and the sales dojo the holy thought is is we want to help people to sell, hit more targets sell more get paid more commission and buy new shoes
1: Mm -hmm. amazing and uh, how do people join or go to or visit or enjoy the experiences yeah. of the sales so, dojo? Pre-
4: previously, it was a once-a-month meeting and we've had some amazing speakers like Elaine, who's done a talk a couple of times on the sales dojo for mm. us. Um But obviously, COVID kicked us in the, in the buttocks, so we've been doing the meetings online and doing webinars. In the next month or so, we should have a load of content available through the website so that people can access it. So what we want to happen in the next couple of months, is you're a salesperson, you come out of a meeting, you you didn't get the deal, you get your phone, and you have a look at the reason why you said, what's the price, it's too expensive, and there's six or seven videos and two white papers, and there's lots of opportunities for you to get a little bit better, so that next time you're in that position and he asks about the price, you've got a little bit more in your armory to try and overcome it. But you won't get all of them, because it's not happening. (laughs)
1: Mm. and does does it cost is there a price point um is there any limits to who can join
4: so yeah there's no limits to who can join it's it's always been a free event and all of the stuff is free when we do the when we do the um access as sales manager in your pocket there will be a cost to that but it's the cost of two coffees a month wow peanuts
1: very yes. worth very worthwhile um have, uh, elaine you've mentioned you've been um what what specific benefits did you pull from it
3: yeah no i mean it is a fantastic thing that uh, leon and chris do definitely and it's uh, it it's like a, like we said earlier there are so many people in sales from different routes journeys and um roles you know while whether they're, they're a business owner or whether they're in a at a team and um, so it's such a great mix of content. It really is. And they, you know, really work hard to get a, a, a real blend of presenters. So there is, you know, absolutely no doubt that everybody who went, whether you're a salesperson or you cast yourself a or not, would walk away with some aha moments, as I like to call it, that you think, oh, God, I never thought of that. And some of it's stuff you think, God, I'm sure I used to do that. When did it stop? I don't know. You know, so it's, it's absolutely... Great stuff! It's on a Monday morning now, isn't it, Leon, That you do it? Is it Monday morning?
4: So yeah, we've been doing them. We did them on Mondays for a while, and then we think we just switched the days up a little bit. So we're just trying to get. Ah. We're just gonna. We're trying to work out what the best time is for people. Obviously, in the early time of COVID, everyone was at home, so eight till nine was cool. Then as the COVID and, and the restrictions have released a little bit, then some people are traveling that time. So we're just trying to get the times right. And then we're recording them all now as well. So they'll all be made available. Ah,
3: okay. Well, Monday, I have my grandson on a Monday because uh, I was looking at the last ones. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. Um, he arrives at seven o'clock on a Monday morning. Well, so you just... you change today. I'll well, be tapping into that. Elaine... Your
4: son or your grandson? You just don't look old but, enough to
3: oh, bless him. Oh, bless you... know. Well, <laughs> if,
1: if you're a good salesperson, Elaine, you'd sell him the idea of why he needs to let you do this on a Monday morning. <laughs> morning
3: uh, i think he's already got his reason why i don't think he needs another one but yeah and uh,
1: w- where can people find it what's the website address leon
4: yeah so it's pretty simple www.thesalesdojo.com and it's the sales dojo and it's also it's sales plural so if you t- type in the sale dojo.com you will be looking at a website for a karate club in sale in manchester who <laughs> <laughs> might then try to sell you some
1: karate classes there you go
3: <laughs>
1: brilliant Love well it. have we
2: got any more questions there, everyone no i think that's been entertaining i, I, I enjoyed that Fab. Yeah,
3: there some great nuggets there as always leon really does yes it's food for thought in there a lot of food for thought
1: um so leon uh, you've obviously mentioned the sales dojo but w- what about your business if people want to find and get in t- contact with your other business do you want to give us the contact details so people can get in touch
4: thanks that's very kind of you if you want anyone wants to for whatever reason look at the kind of rubbish that i'm posting on social media and the best the best (laughs) way to find that and then block it is on linkedin that's where you'll most likely find me um you're not selling this leon (laughs) i'm doing that reverse sales that that,
3: that, that that reverse psychology thing
1: to be honest (laughs) that half the audience have already switched off because you mentioned liverpool right at the outset
3: Oh, oh, I don't think it'd be half. No, 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 no. I really
4: don't. Are you in Wales, Mark? Is that why you're an Evertonian, yeah? Oh, I'm a Leeds fan. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never mind.
1: <laughs> Someone's got to be. They do, indeed. That's my cross to
4: bear. Sorry, the other business is Your Business Mobile, so that's y-o-u-r u uh, k
1: brilliant and an email address do you want to give an email address in case people want to drop you a line because they fancy a coffee, coughing a one-to-one or something like that
4: you know what if someone wants to get in touch with me here's my mobile number phone me and we'll organize a meeting 07 brilliant uh it might have to be a remote one at this
1: current moment in time but uh <laughs> yeah you, you can both drink a coffee from each end of the computer screen i guess
4: yeah, no, cool, whatever. <laughs> Brilliant. Well,
1: thank you very much for joining us, Leon. It's really appreciated. It's been a, a fascinating episode. Uh, Elaine, Chris, thank you as always for giving us a hand thank and you, putting your two pennies within. And uh, we'll catch you all next time, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Thanks Leon.
2: Thank you. Cheers now. Bye.
0: Get social at go underscore fish marketing on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.